everyone and welcome to Farm Bureau on the Hill. I'm Amy Beckham and joining me from our public policy division as always is Miss Shelby Vinoy and we have another special guest that we're going to wait and introduce a little bit later but before we get into that Shelby this is not the normal time of year to be doing um, a legislative podcast so tell us why it's even needed right now. It feels weird being here with you, Amy, and knowing that it's almost 104 degrees outside and it's June, but we are here (laughs) in the office recording a podcast. But one thing that we kind of talked about this year and Leader Lambreth, if you listen to this, I'm going to give you credit for it. I'm going to give credit where credit is due, but there are several bills that are taking effect into law on July 1st. And one thing I've always liked doing is scrolling through social media and seeing different lawmakers who post about what's starting July 1st, because I feel like we do such a good job of keeping folks in the know during session. And then once that stuff's passed, and it's on us, but we don't really follow up with what does this mean now that this law has gone into effect? What changes in your day-to-day life? So hopefully today we're going to shed some light on a few things that we think may be of importance. Yeah, and I think a lot of times we just think as soon as it's passed, it goes into effect immediately, which is the case sometimes. Mm-hmm. But for these specifically, they go into effect July 1, which is hard to believe that it is July. But That's right. So there's three, I I guess I would call them three benchmarks for when the enactment date for bills are. So some of them are upon receiving the governor's signature. We've had several of our priority issues were like that this year, that upon becoming law, that bill takes effect. But um, some of them are July 1st, which is why we're here. And then some of them don't become law until January 1st of 2024. So it's important as you follow along with bills that interest you and, and become involved in the political process that you look at the very last sentence of the legislation and see when that enactment date is. So everything we're talking about is July 1st today. So we'll get into some of that good stuff in just a little bit, but we are proud and grateful to have with us our summer intern, the public policy summer intern, Miss Kerrigan Fields. Welcome to the podcast, Kerrigan. Thank you, Amy. I'm so excited to be here. Kerrigan is with the public policy division this summer, uh, interning and just hanging right in there with the crew. But tell us something you've been most surprised about this summer. I think what I've been most surprised about is just the behind the scenes work that Farm Bureau does outside of session. So we're all kind of in the know about what's going on in the Hill, but also just the public policy development process. Um, As you kind of go into the summer months and go into the fall with their public policy um, division meetings across the state. But as far as what has surprised me with the bills that were just kind of passed and what I've gotten to research is the idea of caption bills. So I've done some work on the Hill recently, but really the idea of caption bills going into effect um, and really trying to research those and what those do to people back home really surprised me. So for example, one thing that is kind of going into effect now in July 1st is going to be um, Senate Bill 1349 and House Bill 1444, which is now um, going to be considered public chapter 416. And so that one was captioned as um, something to deal with handgun permits and kind of registering your address. But the bill actually doesn't do any of that. It actually does three separate things um, involving vehicular homicide as well as things falling off your truck as well as some other things so it's just kind of interesting to know like when legislators file
file bills. Um, they can be caption bills kind of as a placeholder for some legislation that they maybe aren't quite sure about just yet, but they're doing more research on. So just kind of interesting, but also really important to just pay attention to what things are happening um, and what's important to, to the people. So you mentioned there that you have spent some time in the legislature and um, I should have done this at the get go, but tell us what that kind of looked like. And then tell us a little bit about your background in agriculture too. Yeah. So I am currently a student at the University of Tennessee, Knoxville, where I am studying agricultural leadership and community engagement. And I have plans to go to law school with that. So um, I did an internship at the General Assembly under Senator Hale, who represents Sumner County and Trousdale County. And with that, I was just kind of looking for different legislative opportunities. I thought that maybe that was something of interest to me, but wasn't quite sure. So wanted to do that as an internship to maybe get my feet wet a little bit. And I had one of the best times ever really doing that and getting to see the behind the scenes of what legislators actually do during those four months in session. A lot of things happen and I feel like as a public we don't obviously always know that but it was really cool to get to watch how things are done, who comes into the offices to work on behalf of citizens all across the state and so that's kind of where I got to know Farm Bureau a little bit is they would come in the office and as the only person majoring in agriculture they kind of befriended me and it was really great friendship that kind of started so now I'm looking into using the law degree that I hope to get um, for the future of public policy and really trying to advocate for our farmers that are you know in the fields and even some citizens who are you know concerned about farmland loss and all of that Um, so really really excited to be here at Farm Bureau. Very good. Well, we are glad to have you. And I think with that, Shelby and Kerrigan are going to hop back and forth between some of the laws that will go into effect July 1, just to provide some more details on how it impacts you on your farm and in your business. So Shelby, you want to kick us off? I would love to. And I think what better way to start it off, Amy, than something that we have probably talked about at least 10 of the last 13 episodes, but mm-hmm. it's been, it's been something we have just beat it dead and let's just beat it one more time for good time's sake. But Senate Bill 851, House Bill 938 will take effect and become public chapter 398 this coming Saturday. And that is relative to de-annexation. So if you have, this is your first podcast that you're listening to, or if you recently signed up to receive our legislative alert. A little bit about this legislation is it allows a process for owners of real property who were maybe previously de-annexed by ordinance or by force to have a method to de-annex from that municipality. And there are a few criteria that you have to meet. So I'll just run through those really quickly, but you would have to be de-annexed by force and you have to be along a municipal boundary. So if you're right in the heart of the city, this would not apply to you because we're not allowed for donut holes with this legislation. You have to have been the property owner at the time of the annexation or your direct descendant. And if you filed Schedule F or farm business, farm real income tax with the IRS for the last three years, you have to have your state sales tax exemption. So with the IRS, with filing your Schedule F, you've told the federal government that you farm. With your tax exemption card, you have told the state that you farm. You have to be classified as Greenbelt and Unless, of course, you were annexed prior to 77 when Greenbelt became effective in Tennessee. And then, of course, you have to um, be doing something on your property relative to agricultural purposes. So this starting July 1st, if you meet all of the criteria that I've just listed, 
you will be able to petition your local municipality and be de-annexed from that city boundary. This is something that the Farm Bureau team has been working on for years, and we are glad to see this through and could not be more thankful for Senator Watson and Representative Alexander for putting this into effect. Yeah, so another really crucial thing that has kind of been a hot topic recently um, within our state and kind of all across the country has been the foreign ownership of land. So Senate Bill 122 and House Bill 40, also known as Public Chapter 369, that comes from Senator Nicely and Representative Reedy, and this prohibits sanctioned non-residential aliens, foreign businesses, foreign governments, or their agents from acquiring real property in Tennessee their respective country. Um, so this really has been, again, a hot topic for um, our citizens and our farmers especially. Um, so this is kind of saying um, if you're required of any sanctioned non-resident alien, um, foreign business, foreign governments, or their agents, um, and you have already previously owned property up to this point, you will have to register um, the land with the Secretary of State within 60 days of July 1st or within 60 days of acquiring the property um, or interest in the real property. So this is crucial, especially with all of the issues that we've had recently. So really excited that this is going into effect on July 1st. Great job, Kerrigan. That was one of those bills that I think it took far longer to debate that on the House floor than it did in committee, but it's just such a topic that has been discussed all across Tennessee. So um, I think you sum summarized that perfectly. The next bill that I think will be effective for those that maybe live along in, in a county along the state line um, has to do with the retail sale of trailers. If you'll recall, a few years ago, Representative Andy Holt carried legislation that would remove the tax for trailers that are purchased for agricultural purposes. Senator Rose and Representative Leatherwood have passed legislation that has become Public Chapter 449 that if you sell a a trailer that is then taken out of state within three days of that purchase that it would also be exempt from sales and use tax and it clarifies that the use of that trailer within the state is subject to subsequent purchase but prior to the removal from the state it does not constitute a use subject to tax so just another way that Tennessee is taking things a step further to alleviate some of the tax pressures that our farmers and agricultural retailers face. So if you are a dealer or a retailer, um, Amy, we have a fond friend that has a, a retail trailer shop in Lincoln County. Mm -hmm. um, so this would apply to where if they were to purchase that in Lincoln County and then within three days take that south to Alabama, they would not be subject to sales and use tax. So one other bill that I think we really wanted to highlight was going to be Senate Bill 201 and House Bill 92, which is now going to be Public Chapter 354. This is the Jabari Bailey Highway Safety Act. So this kind of revises um, some traffic laws that we have currently in the state. Um, as of right now, if there was a vehicle on the side of the road um, with their flashing lights and it was an emergency vehicle. People are asked to go into the left lane um, and kind of give them some space and if you don't there are options for fines in that and so recently there was um, an accident where Jabari Bailey actually was helping out someone on the side of the road and they were not an emergency vehicle and then there was an accident um, because someone was going too fast and so then Jabari Bailey actually was injured and was not able to kind of further his um, collegiate career in football and things 
of that nature. So now uh, Senator Taylor brought this and this uh, revises the fines for failing to reduce speed, um, exercise due caution, or yield the right-of-way as required when encountering an authorized emergency vehicle, making use of emergency signs or a stationary vehicle flashing hazard lights. So this is going to be great. Keep um, Tennesseans safe on the side of the road and really encourage people to just move over when you see anybody on the side of the road. Very good. Well, thank y'all very much for those explanations on those bills. And Shelby and Kerrigan, there are more that obviously go into effect. How many mm-hmm. bills, do you remember how many bills there were in the legislature? Um, there were 1,860 bills filed. 521 of them are awaiting enactment or signature public chapters. I mean, we can go through that nope, list if nope, you'd like. I think we're good. <laughs> I think we're good. But obviously, there's some more bills that go into effect July 1. So give us a, an idea of where we can find this. Yep. So this legislative alert that you either found this podcast or that has hopefully hit your inbox shortly after you're listening to this, but that kind of goes into all of the bills that we were tracking um, on your behalf that similar to how previously in the legislative alert, there was paragraphs at the bottom as a way to track bills. This is up at the top and it just goes over everything that's becoming law. Also in the top paragraph of this week's legislative alert, there is a link that says legislation passed in the first half. That will take you to that full comprehensive list. So that list contains every single bill, not just the ones that go into effect July 1st, but anything and everything that the legislature passed and the governor has either signed or is awaiting his signature is included in that list. And so you can do a quick uh, control F and search for topics that maybe interest you, but the legislative alert this week also includes those that we were tracking that go into effect July 1st. So if you've listened to this podcast any since we started it back in January, February, you'll hear us reference the legislative alert a lot. And so we would, of course, love for you to be signed up for that. And you can contact your County Farm Bureau to do so. But if you're listening to this not via the legislative alert and on our website or Spotify or Apple podcast, it's also linked in the show notes. So we'll we'll put that link in there and make sure that um, y'all have access to that. So... We have a special session coming up August 21st. Give us a little rundown of what to expect. Obviously, an important topic that the legislature is discussing and and kind of dealing with. So give us just a quick rundown of, of what to expect and what we need to know. Yeah, so if you'll recall, just mere hours after the first half of the 113th adjourned, uh, Governor Lee announced his intentions to call the legislature back for a special session. And we had previously thought that we were going to have to come back as soon as May, but he has reconsidered that and looks like we're going to be coming back on August the 21st. So here in just a month and a half, which is crazy to think about, but he has not released his official call yet. And so what that means is he will have a signed proclamation declaring that Lawmakers will return to Nashville to take up a special session. And the unique thing about special sessions is that they can only address what's included in the call. So it appears that this special session is going to focus on strengthening public safety and preserving constitutional rights. So, for example, if we had an issue that Farm Bureau wanted to bring that had to deal with ag sales tax exemptions, if there was something that we wanted to modify with that, because it does not fit within the call, we could not introduce it during this special session. Um, We've had some questions about that. So, all legislation is going to be pertaining to public safety, constitutional rights. Obviously, there's been a lot of discussion about 
firearm safety and, and the rights to carry those firearms. So although we have not received that official call yet, I would imagine that it'll come sometime early August. And one thing, though, that Governor Lee has been asking for, and one thing that you all can help with if that's something you'd be interested in, is submitting public comment. Um, we've got the link to do that in this legislative alert, but you can also just go to tn.gov and find the link there to provide public comment on the special session. We are not expected to have a formal position just based on conversations. We have not seen any legislation at this point, but we, we anticipate not taking a position just because our policy is pretty limited on issues relating to firearms. But we'll definitely be monitoring all the happenings of the upcoming special session. And Amy, we may come back and do a special podcast and alert once they adjourn. Yeah, I would imagine so. Um, so having that on the top of mind, moving into August and policy development meeting season. Right, which smack is in the middle of it. <laughs> right around the corner. So we would highly encourage you, if you're a Farm Bureau member and you uh, want to come to one of the policy development meetings, please do so because this policy process happens all year long, not just when that crew is in, in Nashville. So you bring up a great point, Amy, and I hate to interrupt. No, but that's good. Kerrigan and I just came back from Nashville this morning before we recorded this. And I think that this would be a great opportunity to give an update on something that was a priority issue for us last year um, relative to solar facilities. So if you'll recall, last year, Senator Paige Wally had legislation that would ask Tasser to do a study on just the long-term, short-term consumer protection effects on solar facilities, whether that's land loss, you name it. Tasser looked into 14 different points. This morning, they revealed their draft of that study, and we were able to go and, and listen to the conversation, and members of the commission asked some really good questions, and I don't believe that report will be finalized until early September, but you can go to tn.gov backslash TASSER, T-A-C-I-R, and find that under their meeting memos. But that's a great example of somebody came to our policy development meeting, and they had been approached about a solar contract, and it continued on the conversation through December. And um, although we don't really have specific policy in our resolutions book, those conversations are kind of what preempted us to take action on that legislation and I'm kind of glad to see it nearing the finish line and us having a full report to review. So just a, a great example while we're on the subject of it. Yep, 100%. Well, ladies, thank you for that great update. Um, we hope that you listen and, and hear all the things that go into effect on Saturday, July 1. So we look forward to updating you after the special session. And uh, just again, thanks for a great update, ladies. And we hope you all have a great weekend um, and we will catch you next time.